You are now listening to A Corporate Streets Presentation. Welcome to The Powercast. The Powercast. The Powercast. Welcome to The Corporate Streets Powercast. This is the podcast discussing the 48 Laws of Power by Robert Greene. And today you have Terrorizing TJ. And this is Unpredictable Jaren. And this week we are discussing the 17th law. Keep others in suspended terror. Cultivate an air of unpredictability. And Jaron, at this time, would you please grace us with that translation, sir? 17th law. (laughs) (laughs) That's how you said it. All right. The translation is, it's better to be feared than loved. And that is from Machiavelli. And I'm not talking about Tupac. I'm talking about Nicolo. He was Machiavelli too, though. No, I'm talking about the original... Machiavelli, Niccolo Machiavelli. Okay. Well, then, uh, since you stole your quote from Machiavelli, <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to uh, Robert Greene's teachings here. Robert Greene says, "Humans are creatures of habit, with an insatiable need to see familiarity in other people's actions." Your predictability gives them a sense of control. Turn the tables. Be deliberately unpredictable. Behavior that seems to have no consistency or purpose will keep them off balance and they will wear themselves out trying to explain your moves. Taken to an extreme, this strategy can intimidate and terrorize. All right. And Law 17 is talking about this power of unpredictability. And I think we talked a little bit about this in Law 3, Conceal Your Intentions, because we talked about that there is no power in being predictable. That's Mm -hmm. why you want to conceal your intentions. And if I could account for the moves that other people will make in the future, I can also plan to counter those moves. Therefore, my plan is likely to defeat your plan. You know what right. I'm saying? And so athletes deal with this all the time. If they're too predictable, then the players and the coaches, they watch video on them and they learn their style of play and they ultimately defeat them. If you're a business and you're too predictable, you might be out strategized by your competition. So I ask you, Jaron, what are your thoughts about using situational unpredictability as a tactic to gain power? All right. So... Um, I think, like you said, sports, you definitely, I mean, they definitely do it. Um, OGRG used the uh, Muhammad Ali versus uh, uh, George Foreman fight as his example. Um, basically, Muhammad Ali uh, actually said what he was going to do and then actually did it, you know, which was, wasn't his normal uh, tactic. Um, but then, like, just say, like, football. If you keep running the ball to the right, running the ball to the right, dive, 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 and then all of a sudden you throw a big pass, a big bomb down the field, you know, they're not going to expect that. You you basically 
um, put them to sleep with these runs, and then right. all of a sudden, bam, bomb down the field. Okay. Um, I think parents kind of use this tactic against their kids in a sense, you know, where, you know, especially the, the, the parents where you have the kids where they're just afraid, you know, what mama's going to do if when she gets home or what's dad going to do when he finds out I got in trouble in school today. Right. You know, even though it, I mean, that fear you already put into them at some point in life has them, you know, afraid um, of what the repercussion is going to be. Uh-huh. And there's also the flip side to that, too, because if the kid knows that, oh, mommy never sticks to the punishment, she says I'm on punishment for two weeks. But after three days, she gets tired of looking at me and I can go back to playing my games going outside. If they know what that's what it is, you've become predictable. They might not be so fearful of whatever activity that they're doing. They might choose to do it anyway, because all they have to do is spend two days on punishment. Right. Um, and actually, there was a movie, The Color Purple where Mr. the uh, the husband of Seeley, who was played by uh, Danny Glover's Mr. and Seeley was Whoopi Goldberg. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was like from the old, you know, they were in the olden days. And Mr. was unpredictable. You know, so he used that, that, uh, I guess that power to 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 strike fear into Lee to where she didn't want to even check the mailbox. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, use it as a way to to terrorize, huh? R- right. It definitely terrorized her. She was kind of like a slave. She was almost a prisoner in her own home, and you know that's only because she had to follow these rules, or else you know she didn't know what Mister might do. Mm. Okay. Well, the OG says that. People are kept in a state of terror when they can't figure out what you're doing. And he also said that nothing is more terrifying than the sudden and unpredictable. And I think you gave a good example of that in The Color Purple. Mm -hmm. Um, Like you just said, she was terrified because she had no idea what the outcome was going to be of whatever action. I mean, when you can't, you don't feel comfortable checking the mailbox. I mean... Gee whiz. Because, yeah, he said he had it rigged. He said, I got it rigged, you know, so, you know, I know if you messed with it. <laughs> right. You know, which was, I'm sure was a lie, but, you know, she didn't know, you know, just that, that bluff, you know, it, it, she couldn't predict if that was the truth or not. So she never checked it in this whole time. She had been getting letters from her sister and her kids and stuff. Mm. You know, she had 20 years worth of letters that she never had seen because she, she was, was 20 years. It's a long time. And I've experienced this uh, terrifying fear before in my own life. Let's say that I was asked to do something, but I wasn't told why it needs to be done or I wasn't told the background story of the purpose. These situations have left me in a state of terror in the past because I like to know why I'm doing what I'm doing. I like to understand the details so I can perform it at my best ability. But if I don't know why I'm doing something, it kind of freaks me out. freaks me out a bit because it's unknown what's going to come next. So it has me thinking about, oh, what's going to happen? Why am I doing this? What's going on? It's kind of like you're at work and they're like, okay, I want you, you and you. All of you guys go down to HR. It's like, why? No, just 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 go. They'll talk to you when you get there. I mean, 
that can put fear into some people even though you know you've been flying straight you haven't done anything wrong it's just the fear of not knowing why you don't normally go to hr for anything right but you're picked in this group of five people to go all of a sudden that's pretty scary and uh speaking of terror um you know who else implements this law and i mean i don't suggest that any of our listeners do this but uh kidnappers and okay. one that comes to mind is Ariel Castro. Which and one is that one? Ariel Castro, well, he he's the one, he was in, uh, I believe, in Ohio. And he kidnapped, like, three girls over this period of, I, I, don't, I don't remember how many years it was, but it was quite some time. Mm-hmm. And he was just keeping them hostage in his house. And he was raping them and beating them up. And the way he did this, he would uh, pretend like he's leaving just to see if they'll try to get out and then, uh, you know, I've punch him in the face. I've done my kids before. Or, well, I didn't punch him in the face. But. <laughs> or, you know, he'll he'll pretend like there's, a, there's an opening, you know, like he left the door unlocked just to see if they'll do it, you know, try to escape. And then he'll pop up like, aha, you know. And so... Um, you know, unfortunately, this is a dark side of this law being put into power um, or put into play. But mm-hmm. it's definitely um, the, this is exactly what this law is. You know, it's exactly what he did. Um, good thing about that story is they were found by that guy, uh, Charles. Um, I forget what his last name, but he had that hot song, Dead Giveaway. <laughs> <laughs> Dead Giveaway. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and he ribs with this dude right <laughs> <laughs> and we can laugh about it now because ariel castro was found in his uh in his jail cell hanging so he's dead now so okay. it's all good um and then they made a lifetime movie and then people got rich so okay so old also says that animals behave in set patterns and that's why we can hunt them as humans and kill them humans have the power to alter their behavior and this is powerful because we have the opportunity to be predictable and not be predictable whenever we want so that's pretty powerful and we need to understand we have that power he also says that people of power instill fear by deliberately unsettling those around them. So you know what this made me think of? This made me think of the police. And although they might not do this on purpose, but people are unsettled when they are around. And I know when I see sirens and lights, or when I hear sirens and see lights, I do become unsettled, even though I live a clean lifestyle. So since you don't know what the inner, well, since me personally, I don't know how each interaction is going to turn out. I don't know if this cop is going to be nice to me. I don't know if it's going to be the stuff that I've seen on TV where they're yanking me out of my car and mistreating me. I don't know what the situation is going to be. So when I hear those sirens and see the lights, I do get unsettled and I'm put on edge because it's unpredictable how this thing is going to turn out. Yeah. And, and even not being, uh, not going to that extreme um just like say if you're driving out of town and you're on a road trip just driving down an empty road and you might see like some barrels on the side of the road and you might think it's a cop you know so you're fearful because you can't predict really where they are you're trying to but 
you know, they could be anywhere. They could be around any corner. Like every time I'm driving, I'm coming up a hill over a hill. I'm thinking a cop is going to be sitting on the other side of that hill. Right. Waiting to catch me speeding. <laughs> so you know? stop speed. <laughs> no, you can't stop speeding. You got to do like 85 when you're going out of town. <laughs> a safe 85. I mean, he knows what's in front of him, people. He's a safe driver. Right. No, as a matter of fact, I was driving down the road uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact, and I was coming home and I didn't understand why traffic was like stopping. We were floating all of us together. I think the speed limit was like I think the speed limit is 70 and we were going like 78. We're all floating together and then everybody just start hitting their brakes like crazy. So I'm like, what is every? Oh, oh, I get it. Because there was a cop that was in the, in the lane in the carpool lane next to us so i got out of the way of all those people stopping all hard because like man y'all the ones that's gonna get a ticket because y'all look super suspicious man so uh i i changed lanes and what i noticed is the cop ended up speeding off he had to be doing like 85 like when everybody started stopping he took off and i was like see all y'all scared he's speeding too he ain't worried about y'all except he can be speeding to an emergency <laughs> right He's not getting in trouble when he speeds. Right. All right. And so I was debating on if I wanted to use this last uh, <laughs> example, but another um, place where I feel like fear is put into place to uh, to 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 create unpredictability mm-hmm. is uh, religion. Mm, OK. So, uh, without going too far into it, I mean, basically, pretty much every religion has um, a punishment if you're bad, if you don't follow the laws and the rules of this religion. Okay. And so, maybe you go to hell, maybe you have bad karma for all your lifetimes, maybe you don't get your 30 virgins when you die. Maybe you're eaten by a vicious dog. Maybe... You aren't one of the 27,000 that makes it to the heaven. I don't know. <laughs> but, but uh, well, so that's the, that's the thing. None of us has been dead before. So you really can't predict what that is, but they're playing on that uncertainty to try to keep you in check. In this life. In this life. Yep. That makes sense. I actually remember in sixth grade in history uh when they were teaching the history of religion and i very vividly remember that supposedly religion was created in uh in africa to keep people in check uh, in this present life so they told people that if you don't act right in this life when you die you're gonna be eaten by this vicious dog that's why i said that right um and that's a quote vicious dog i remember that very vividly reading the words on the page and I mean, so, it's not so scary to get licked to death by a puppy you know? <laughs> the dog has to be vicious right i don't know if that translated from directly from the african language that they took it from but uh <laughs> it's a vicious dog that'll eat you if you don't act right all right it's that simple so yeah. um again uh that example that you just gave did hit home because i remember learning in sixth grade that that's religion comes from trying to trying to play on people's fears to make them act in a good way in this present life 
Because and that's all it is. Because nobody, because, okay, we know there's a finite, you know, number, you know, our days are finite, right? But nobody wants to go eternity, you know, where the time is infinite of burning. Right. And actually, that one is more scary because you can only get eaten up once. I mean, and then what happens? Yeah, you, you can't over. you can't get eaten for eternity. Yeah. <laughs> but you can burn for eternity, though. And I mean, you never get used to burning, so yeah. But who's been there uh, to tell us? So, no, nah, no. Well, so apparently, some people they they die and they come back again, man. They they die for like five minutes and then they. But come can they back. confirm? But they okay. So they was only dead for for five minutes. They can't <laughs> confirm that they'll be down there for an eternity or. Anything. Yeah, I think the registration and check in takes longer than that five minutes. Like exactly. it takes some time to know where you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It takes some time to know where you're going, dog. They don't. You don't just die and then you just appear in hell burning or appear in paradise. You know, you got to check in, take a number, have a seat. You know, they'll go over the history of your life with you. It takes longer than five minutes. So. And see, okay, this is gonna go be. This is a little off subject, but to me, one of the worst things in the world is a long line. Like we, we did our Christmas shopping and we went to Marshall's and like the line was like 30 people deep. I was like, nope, we got to go somewhere else. So to imagine going to heaven and having to stand in a line of first come, first 300,000 people. No, dude. First come, first serve. Look, it's people that are still from the 80s that haven't been seen yet. Bro. Dude. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's almost hell to me. Is standing in line is what I'm trying to get at here. <laughs> oh man! So to appease you, they have to tell you that you join. You know, saying so you join the like VIP, VIP club. Yeah, yeah you join like... the VIP club of Christianity. You know what I'm saying? Catholics have a VIP, bro. You join that. You join that religion. You gonna get in through the back door, dog. Yeah. You don't have to wait in a long line. If you Protestant, it's over, bro. <laughs> if you Baptist, you gotta wait. Oh man! I mean, I guess. <laughs> I mean, at least you know. Once you get in, you get you in, and you got an eternity of being in heaven. But, uh, dog, if you're Jewish, you got a direct line, dog. Dude, you, you talking about people from that. the '80s? So they've been sitting there for 30 years in line, waiting, bruh. They gotta like, wait their turn. Who am I talking to during this time? I mean, what am I doing? <laughs> you making new friends? I'm just dog. standing in line, and you move like a couple of inches every single minute. Or every hour or something. Oh my goodness! I don't know, dog. I don't know why this sounds like a podcast topic, but anyway, <sighs> <laughs> we digress. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so the OG is talking about that. This tactic is normally used by the master. However, it does work for the underdog. So if you're cornered, you can use acts of unpredictability to throw off the opponent. And the OG says that when the opponent sees how unpredictable you are. They tend to either retreat or make mistakes. So if we just go back to sports really quick, like I said, it's analogous to life. Uh, If you're in people have been training and practicing, watching tape on you for weeks before they played you and then they finally play you and you're not doing anything that they saw on those tapes. That makes them freak out a bit because now you're unpredictable. So now I'm either going to start making mistakes, crucial mistakes, trying to outsmart you. And trying to outthink you because I have no idea where you're going now because all the tape that I watched was for nothing. 
so that could be used as 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 power and and the goal is to show the defense something that they haven't seen or something that they haven't practiced but with that said when you're trying to be unpredictable make sure that you're prepared for the moves that you're making that's unpredictable because if you just go into something that not even you know what's going on then you're putting yourself at a disadvantage so you need to be prepared to be unpredictable um, because you don't want to make any missteps yourself the goal is to throw the opponent off not for you to lose control so like like you said in sports you can't abandon your game plan and start trying right. to run plays that y'all haven't been practicing exactly exactly because that'll put you at a disadvantage right so in your act of unpredictability you're consciously saying that this week we're going to do something different and you train to be unpredictable you don't just jump on the field and abandon your game plan right so, just wanted to make that really really clear and so one of the last things that the OG said before he got to the reversal is that only the terminally subordinate act in a predictable act in a predictable manner. And that sentence was pretty powerful to me. Only the terminally subordinate act in a predictable manner. So like slaves. When, yeah, when you're lowest on the totem pole, you better act in line. You better get in line. You better do what you're told to do and do it how you're told to do it. Because if not, then um, you're going to have to suffer whatever those consequences are. And you must be subordinate uh, if you act in that predict in that predictable manner. Because, again, if you don't, you got to suffer those consequences. So now for the reversal. The OG says that sometimes being predictable can work in your favor because people will expect you to do what they know that you do. So this will also give you leverage to shock others by being unpredictable. So if you're predictable, people expect you to be predictable. They say, oh, man, that TJ, he comes in at this time every day. He leaves at this time every day. He takes his lunch at this time every day. He takes his break at this time every day. When you're away from your desk, they're expecting you to do what they know that you do. They're not expecting you to do something different. You know what I mean? And you can use this at your leisure. Um, not saying that you need to go out and make a Costco runs uh, when people expect you to be on break. However, when people expect you to do something and you're always doing it, that gives you the leeway to use that as a smokescreen, as the, as the OG put it. And yeah, and that's actually... Um, again with the Muhammad Ali fight basically he said he was going to slug it out with George Foreman and George Foreman was the you know the best slugger in, in, in the world and Muhammad right. Ali was saying I'm going to slug it out with him well that's not what Muhammad Ali was about Muhammad Ali was about dancing and, and kind of you know ducking punches and that kind of thing right. but and so nobody believed him when he said, this is what I'm going to do. And so he came out, and, you know, and they thought, you know, being predictable, he was going to come out and dance. And he actually came out and slugged it out with George Foreman. And not even George Foreman was ready for that. Right. right? He, didn't, he didn't believe he didn't him train either. for it. Yeah. And so. So, yeah. So that that is a hot way to use the reversal. Uh, that was definitely one of the better examples of how that was put into play. 
Exactly. And so Muhammad Ali was expected to go out there and be a finesse boxer moving around the ring, you know, uh, stinging like a bee and uh, moving like a butterfly, right? And when he came out and tried to slug it out pound for pound, just straight slug it out, it kind of freaked George Foreman out a bit because that ain't what he was ready for. And so that being predictable worked in Muhammad Ali's favor because all this time they expected him to be one way, a one-way fighter. And when he came out and did something different, it shocked everybody. And nobody even took the time to prepare him, even though he told them that this is what he was going to do. They thought that he was playing around, I guess. The OG also gave us a warning. He said that unpredictability can also work against you, especially when you're in a subordinate position. So there are times to allow people to feel comfortable and settled around you. And too much unpredictability can be seen as indecisiveness. And it made me think about if you are a person that works for somebody else, you want to be predictable. Don't go out there being unpredictable about when you show up to work, man. <laughs> we, we don't want the corporate streets to promote you losing your job, okay? So there's a time and a place when to use this law and just know that uh, unpredictability is not such a good thing when you are the subordinate person. So what this makes me think of in my opinion, this law really would be practiced mostly by like business owners and maybe people that you see in the public eye often. People who are looked up to, um, these are the people that would use this law more than just the regular everyday Joe Schmo who goes to work like me. Um, I can't be that unpredictable at work right. because it can put me in a really bad position because people are trusting me to be at a certain place and to do certain things at certain times. And if I blow up that trust, it might not work to my favor. So I guess I, I kind of fall in that same uh, category. So, I mean, I guess we're considered low men on the totem pole there, huh? Where there's subordinates. Yeah, yeah we... we, we we are subordinates because we are uh, expected to perform a task the exact same way all the time. And any deviation from that can cause our corporate companies a lot of money. <laughs> so. Exactly. Which could get me fired, which could cost me a lot of money. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so with that said, the OG ended this law by saying the power of unpredictability should be used judiciously. So pay attention to when you think you should use this law and when you shouldn't use this law be judicious don't just go throwing this law all over the place be strategic with your unpredictability all right guys so that's another episode of the corporate streets Powercast. and as we always encourage you make sure you copy your own copy of robert green's 48 laws of power um you can get the, the the paperback version. I don't th I don't know if they got a hardback, but uh, get the audio book because you know I heard Robert Green just saw um, a set of platinum eating utensils <laughs> at a swap meet, <laughs> and you know he's got to cop that. So he needs okay. your money so he can get that new platinum fork. And so um, yeah, guys, make sure you uh, get you a copy. Right. And just remember that just because you go and get his book doesn't mean you don't need us anymore because we're here to compliment his book. And just because you listen to us doesn't mean you have all the food for thought, man. We still promote that you should go and read it for yourself. 
and uh go check that out man we compliment mr robert green's book i mean just think about it you get your you get your new space jam 11s and maybe you want to do a lace a lace swap you want to swap your laces you know what i'm saying we are those other colored laces that make that outfit so hot we compliment that's what we do or he's like the balloon and we're like the air in the balloon (laughs) (laughs) really bro really maybe he's the air he's the most important part of the balloon i mean we're just the, the oh we're, yeah, we're the yeah, medium yeah, yeah. that because, holds the air. Because, because the air. It's without the um, without the air, we're nothing. So he's. The <laughs> air. All right, guys. So make sure if you have any questions, you can email us at the corporate streets with a Z, uh, the corporate streets at gmail.com. and you can hit us on Twitter. And the Twitter handle is at corp streets, and on Facebook we are the corporate streets podcast. And for next week's show, we have Law 18. Do not build fortresses to protect yourself. Isolation is dangerous. Okay. Don't be a loner, people. We'll get into it. All right. And this has been another episode of the Corporate Streets Powercast. This is the podcast for people who say, boy, you gonna let this old nappy-headed girl cuss you out like that? You sitting at the head of your own t- dinner table and acting like the waiter because he was trying to skirt you. <laughs> like he wasn't keeping the fish; he was like getting brave. So he, okay, so unpredictability <laughs> kind of fell apart. So, <sighs> Mister was a bastard. I mean. <laughs> Dude, if you haven't seen Color Purple, you gotta see it. He is a jerk. <laughs> Alright, y'all. Peace. Life enrichment and goal attainment. Thank you for listening to the corporate streets, 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 the corporate streets.